and welcome to the Thirst Eye Podcast, where we take our ideas, visualize them in our third eye, and bring them into reality so we can talk about them in tangible ways. I'm here with some of my Greeks and friends. We are all different agents in this journey to enlightenment. Agent 9 here. 60 degrees, 90 degrees, 180 degrees, 360 degrees. 33.0697505 Negative 96.7743125 Agent 19 Agent 13 here, 01101001. I'm Agent 11, and I can only count to six. What the heck come after six? This is our episode on numbers. We will dive into the meaning of numerology, then surface into the wonders of geometry. So we're going to start off by saying why each of us chose our number. I chose my number because if you take a look at the numbers 3, 6, and 9, you could, and really all the numbers, if you add them all together, they will eventually equal 9, and I just think it's so fascinating. So I chose my number 13 because I was born on the 13th and also 13 is just like one of those weird numbers that people have like a taboo for like Friday the 13th that's unlucky 13 is just seen as sort of an unlucky number Um, but I've always sort of taken, I don't know, power in being sort of like quirky and like an outcast or whatever. Um, That's like an emo kid number is 13. So that's why I picked 13 because I feel like it's just a number I relate to. And also I just like odd numbers. But if you add it together, it's a four. And four is like a really solid number, you know? Four is a number of like stability, and like being grounded. So I think it's still got like the quirkiness of an odd number, but at its base, it's like very like responsible and grounded, which I think I am underneath all of my craziness. So I feel like it's just a fitting number for me. So I chose my number because, well, 19 is my favorite number, but also like one and nine, the beginning and the end, it's, it looks really nice next to each other. And I just think it's cute. That's interesting to think about because one is sort of like the beginning of the numbers and nine is sort of like the end of the numbers because if you think about it like zero doesn't exist and also doesn't exist because 10 is just one and zero i don't know yeah yeah exactly just 11's like one of the cutest numbers i feel like like that's just like the cutest number you know yeah 11 is such a cute number um because 11 11 it's like um one of the most magical numbers um and stream 11 11 by baby mother 
and 11 is just like really cute and it has such a cute vibe to it so yeah that's why i'm 11. it's like the most symmetric number like you could just like reflect it upon itself i don't know but then together it's two which is still just like a really small number and like it but it's like a number that makes sense i don't know something about 11 just makes sense yeah and um wow like you add it together and it makes two um and it also looks like the roman world for two wow that just blew my mind we cracking the code here So yeah, since it's episode 9, we also decided to make this Agent 9's episode. So we have some questions that some fans submitted online. One of them is, hello, number 9 agent. How is it to be you and what you like about you? Hello to our fans. And thanks for listening to us and submitting your question. So, it's interesting. It's a very interesting question because just like the number nine, my thoughts never end. They just continue. I have like racing thoughts at all times. It's like level of levels and levels of different topics, whether it be me adding something or me thinking about what I'm going to be cooking for dinner or just different little things like that. Well, I think, so you said that the number nine goes on and on forever but i think our like listeners might not like fully understand that concept before and one of my favorite number nine theorems is about how the number nine should actually physically look like the number eight so would you care to delve into that theorem a little bit for us thank you for bringing that up So I would say that the number nine should look a little more like the number eight because if you turn eight to the side, it looks like the infinity sign. And if you take a look at the numbers one through nine and you add them all together, you'll get, you'll get, um, Eventually, you'll add those two numbers together, and the result will be nine. And that is the result, whether you include nine or you don't include nine when you add those numbers together. And also, it's interesting how when you look at numbers you could see well first of all 
how I discovered this is I have a wheel on my wall with all the different zodiacs and it is divided into sections each has three numbers and it goes from 1 to 36 and I was just looking at it just pondering and I was I realized that if you add one, two, and three, you get six. And then I started adding each little section and I realized that you get either three, six, or nine as the answer. And there's just so many things um, that demonstrate how three, six, and nine meld so much within each other and essentially um, you will see that nine basically governs three and six and when you go even deeper with that you can see that three governs the numbers one two and four and six governs the numbers five seven and eight and I just find it fascinating how the numbers literally like put each other, like govern each other. And what do I mean by this is that one plus two is three, two plus four is six, four plus eight is three, eight plus seven is six, seven plus five is three, and five plus one is six. So that's how um, I got that six governs these three numbers and three governs these three numbers. And how I got that nine governs three and six is that literally three plus six is nine and three plus six plus nine is nine. And it's just, you could literally go on and on with so much different equations and you'll see that you get nine a lot of the times all your mind i feel like yeah that's interesting and it might not be like nine flat out but a lot of times it does like simplify to nine so i feel like that's like another num numerology concept we might be talking about a lot today that people aren't super familiar with which is sort of simplifying numbers because if you think about it all like we said earlier all numbers like zero through nine kind of exist and after that there's like everything else is only a combination of the numbers so I, that's why we simplify numbers to get at like their their base number and their base like resonance or energy because all numbers have different um energy and so that's sort of when we get into like numerology territory um and we sort of move into like the actual meanings of numbers but i feel like meanings of numbers have sort of been divorced from math but i feel like that's something that um we need to bring back because we've 
very much been raised to be anti-math in this society simply because math class sucked. But if you think about it, and I think we're going to cover that a lot in this episode, but math is actually can be really beautiful and can be like creative and can be spiritual and can tell us about ourselves in the universe. But math as we know it in school is just like miserable for most people. So hopefully we can break that. Thank you, Nine. That was so insightful. That really- uh, another question we have is how, when, and where? Well, how, when, and where is really interesting because it's always and never, if you really think about it, you can see how um, time is happening in the now and it's also not happening in a certain way and and the how is also again like how it ends up always being nine and you could also look at like numbers the three the numbers three six nine being multiplied to its power like let's take for example three to the three squared equals nine and six squared equals 36 which simplified equals nine and nine squared equals nine and if you go up that scale and look at three cubed it equals 27 which also is also nine and you go like you, you keep going through that cycle of looking at each number two like the power three the power four the power five the power six and the result will always be nine so i think that also shows how when and where is it is just it just equals nine i want to see that listed out like numerically because i feel like that would make like a cool like like number sequence or something i don't know something about like patterns and numbers everyone would always talk about patterns and numbers in school like they would just give you like a list of numbers and you would have to like figure out how they're related or whatever or what the pattern is like i feel like something just there's some like beautiful universal like nine pattern going on i I feel like we need to name it definitely and if you look at the other numbers like two four five seven and eight they also have somewhat of a pattern that goes on when you look at their um numbers to like the second power third power for example let's take the number eight if you look at the number eight eight to the power of two is 64 which simplified is one and then to the power of three is 512 which is eight and then 
8 to the power of 4 is 4096, which is 1. If you keep going, it's you can see it follows the pattern of 8181818181. And also with the power with 7, you can see it follows the pattern of 4174. 1741 7, 741741 7, 4, 1. and when you look at 5 it goes 784215 7, 2, 1, 5 four eight seven five one so definitely looking at how these numbers simplified is so intriguing to see like the simplified versions follow patterns and i took um i was looking at the total i added i also simplified these patterns and the pattern of the patterns was six nine six nine six nine six nine which to me was quite dumbfounding hello well 69 i'm sorry someone had to do it well we should like make charts and put them on our instagram yeah we should yeah because that way someone like you said um 13 someone could have a visual to follow um and better understand what nine's thing that's true because i've heard this before i'm like i can follow it but as a visual person when i hear numbers my mind just like draws a blank and starts like being like doo, doo, doo. but numbers are a really powerful thing so i guess backtracking to the our friend's question in the words of a wonderful musician, Joan Jett, life is strong and fragile. It is a paradox. It's both things. Life, quant like quantum physics, it's a particle and a wave at the same time. All exists all together. Damn, <laughs> Joan Jett said that? Go off. <laughs> what a queen. Also, I'm impressed that you just have all of these, like, numbers and equations and Joan Jett quotes just, like, me memorized. Like, you're just, like, spewing them out. Go off. Yes, we stan our legend, Joan Jett. Sapphic ladies to the front. Okay, I think those were all the fan questions. Does anybody else have any fan, other fan questions from anywhere else? Nope, I think that was all of Singapore. Yeah. Hello so... to all our fans. <laughs> Love our fans. And hello to Brazil. Yes, thank you for all the questions. We love you. So back in to numbers, math, and numerology. Um, what would you say your guys' first experience 
with numbers and numerology was because I feel like I first started to really find the meaning of numbers and stuff uh, when I started studying tarot. I think when it comes to like numerology, my first experience was seeing um, videos online and different like infographics and stuff online about it. Yeah, I guess the big thing is everyone, when they find out about numerology, it's about um, like your life path number or whatever. Um, and my life path number never really resonated with me too much, but then um, I found out that there's actually like a full numerology chart that you can get that's like, um, I think it's like five or six numbers. So it's sort of like astrology in the sense that, of course, your sun sign doesn't feel super accurate to you because you have a full astrology chart. You're not just that sun sign. So I feel like numerology is another one of those things that we've sort of simplified. But back to the tarot thing, which I feel like is a similar but different vein than numerology, because I feel like that's when I first found out that numbers have like a significance to them uh, because when you're teaching yourself tarot, sometimes it's, it's easier to learn the energies and read the energies than it is to memorize each individual meaning of a card. So for example, um, you know what the cups or the clubs or the whatever means, but instead of knowing what each individual card means, you know that four, for example, is like a number of like stability and foundations while um, numbers like uh, seven may be like a little more chaotic um, or unstable or wealth of opportunities. It's like each number in itself has its own energy and then when you pair it with the energy of the suit that you're looking at it makes it a lot easier to read tarot cards and i feel like once you start to pick up the energies from the numbers like that you can very much see how these numbers and their energies sort of apply and extend outside of tarot and outside of numerology and just in general in the universe you can sort of see that different numbers hold different energies earlier when you were talking about um how you said like what's your first experience with numbers I started thinking about math class and I started getting more flashbacks because um, the school system really does not know how to teach math. Yeah, everyone probably like was like math episode runs away, <laughs> like, but it really is just like one of those things that's not a good experience for people. Um, and it's like, it's not even like I personally was bad at math. Like I was still in, in the 
like advanced math class or whatever, but just like, it, it was just the most painful hour of my day always. Yeah, someone who is fascinated by math, I'm really, I wasn't one of the people that was like in advanced math classes, but I was still fascinated by how there was always a certain answer. Like out of, there's like so many things we are uncertain of, but with math, it's like one of the few certain things that actually has a definite, definite answer. Yeah, in such a chaotic world, it's nice to have one thing that's constant. That's true. One plus one will always equal two. Unless this is 1984 or whatever, and two plus two equals five. Yeah, so like, I know Nine has like this whole system that she uses in her head that she would use to, I think, multiply, but the teacher, every single teacher would tell her, no, you can't do it this way because you have to do it like our way. Oh, yeah. So that really applies more to subtraction because I was in the best at subtraction so I decided hey I'm not understanding it the way they're teaching it so let me try to find out a better way to get the answer and this was probably like fourth grade or something like that essentially I taught myself how to subtract by adding numbers and I've taught the teacher this um, way that I had come up with and she completely shut me down and was like no that's not what you're supposed to be doing you have to do it the way we taught you otherwise we're gonna fail you and um although like a lot of the times that was a bit like I guess traumatizing I still kept, I essentially had to like adapt to the way that I was being taught, but, and it wasn't until like much later after I graduated the school system that I relearned all these ways and I questioned why they want me to follow a, such a like it just goes to show that they don't want children to think outside of the box. They want you to do as you're told and do as you're taught, which is goes to show how they always send out all this creativity that a lot of children have. Yeah. That pisses me off and it's also something I relate to um, because I was always solving math problems in my mind in weird ways because it would almost be easier to break numbers up into separate numbers to add them 
than to just like add the numbers itself because I like had problems with certain numbers. So it's like your brain does what it can to solve the problem because honestly, there's like infinite ways to solve a math problem almost. But it's like the school kind of is like, like I didn't vocalize that very much. So I didn't always get shut down. I kind of just did it in my head and was just like, whatever, screw it. But if kids do like act, are actively curious about these things, they do kind of shut them down. And I know in schools now, which is something that's a little different than when we were in school, I think um, Common Core and stuff like that is becoming standard. And that teaches a very specific kind of weirdly roundabout way to do math. And it's it's weird because it's like a very specific process. And I feel like who are we to force a problem solving process on these children? And then the kids like bring the, the stuff home for homework and their parents don't even know how to do it because they're like, oh, what is this like screwed up way they have you solving this problem? I don't know. I feel like we're making math overly complicated. And why do we care if a kid is subtracting differently i don't know (laughs) yeah and like the funny thing is that that's what actual like professional mathematicians do they pretty much just find a million different ways to come to the same conclusion that other mathematicians have come to um and all the education system is doing is like making robots pretty much out of us that's true i never thought about what actual mathematicians do because i've not put a lot of thought into what actual mathematicians do because it's kind of scary to me but if you think about it actual mathematicians are like kind of like these seekers in a certain sense they're like seeking all of these different answers but at the end of the day it is kind of the same answer um but they're, they're sort of like experimenting with all of these different ways and processing these numbers. And I feel like nine sort of has like the true spirit of a mathematician, but they crushed that in her when she was trying to explain her math theorem or whatever. So it's just kind of screwed up because clearly they don't actually care about math. They care about teaching you the bare minimum. Yeah, that's so true, but someone that's like sort of a rebel within the education system is someone we call the Geometrix, and she's basically this freak that, well, we say freak in a loving way, though, but she's still a freak um, that taught us a sacred geometry. The Geometrix is an avatar of the master mime and basically the master mime has several different avatars we don't know if there is a limit or how many avatars the master mime has but we have identified multiple and the geometrix is one of them yeah certainly the geometrix was one of the people that rekindled my love for math after it being shut down. She taught us 
I remember drawing a lot in her class because that's a lot of the time how I focus by drawing. And an interesting thing is that I would draw shapes that later on turned out were part of sacred geometry. Like for example, the seed of life. I, to me, they were just like doodles, but after actually delving into sacred geometry, I realized I was drawing these figures that have a deeper meaning behind them. Yeah, oh my god, didn't she like walk up behind you and go like, nice, just sacred geometry. <laughs> Yeah, and it's so funny because looking back, I think I just thought she was being quirky and saying that my drawings were beautiful. But after like doing all this research, I'm like, wow, she literally knew about it, and she wasn't just just, she was just going like, oh, haha your drawings are cool. She was saying, oh, you know about it. Yes, she knew that you knew. Um, and now you know that she knew that you knew. Oh, yes. Dang, she really did teach you sacred geometry, I guess. I didn't know all of that. But I guess if you think about it, I always vibed with geometry more than I vibed with like algebra and thing like, things like that because it was just like math applied to shapes which somehow made more sense I don't know I feel like once there's like a visual for you to see and to make sense of like it, it almost makes more sense and maybe that's another problem people have with math is that again it's hard to like visualize um and when they do try to make it visual, make us visualize it, they're like, um, Jonathan bought 37 apple pies and he needs to split them um, 12 ways between, like, just like absurd math problems. Like, that's how they try to get us to teach us that math is applicable or whatever. But in reality, Jonathan's not going to be dividing his apple pies that many ways or whatever. But when you see it on geometry, you're just like, oh, that's a shape. But then you're like, wait a minute, this shape didn't need to have numbers. It's just a shape. But then you go to analyze it and then there's all the numbers of the angles and the numbers of the lines and it's just, it's mind blowing. You can really just analyze anything. And I feel like that's what math is at a greater whole. It's just a tool for us to like better explore and understand our reality. Just like lots of things are a tool for that and math is just some people's tool they choose. And it's funny you bring up angles because if you look at angles, you could see that they also add up to nine. Like, let's take a tetrahedron or a pyramid, as we may call them. You could look at the angles, which are usually 60 degrees with a perfect um, triangle, and that gives you 
you would get like 180 and you would multiply it by four since it has four faces and you would get a total of 720 degrees and if you simplify that it's nine and then you look at the octahedron which has eight faces the sum of that degrees is 1400 which also gives you nine and looking at like all the other shapes the platonic solids you could see that they literally all go up to nine and it's another fascinating thing about nine You said platonic solid and it just reminded me of how the final project that um, the Geometrix gave us was literally to m produce a platonic solid. Damn, that's kind of cool. I didn't have cool geometry projects like that. That's because you yes. didn't have the geometries. <laughs> she is so beautiful. She was like, let me teach you about the Fibonacci sequence. You can literally learn about math through the Fibonacci sequence. And for those of you who don't know, the Fibonacci sequence is basically you add the numbers, you keep adding numbers. So like one plus one is two, and then you add the number, two numbers behind that. So one plus one is two, two plus one is three, three plus five is eight, and so on and so on. And essentially with this, it kind of goes in, like when it's shown as a picture, you could see how it kind of spiral, it shows like a little spiral sequence and you see that happening in so many things in nature, like um, sunflowers or different cute little things like seashells and all that cute stuff. Yeah. Another thing that people talk about with the Fibonacci sequence or whatever is, yeah, it sort of makes like that spiral, like you said, that you see in... Um, a lot of like things in nature um, and that's another thing people sort of call that is like the golden ratio and it's like something you see a lot in art but it's also something you could overlay over a lot of images and somehow everything like fits like within it within like a certain ratio and it's really fascinating because I feel like um, Fibonacci and like this golden spiral or whatever are something we can sort of use to view like the universe um, because it's like this repeating number sequence and numbers sort of, um, I don't know, it's like as above, so below, you're starting at this very small um sort of middle of the spiral and then you're moving out to sort of like this giant empty space which sort of represents like the universe how you can move from 
small to large and it will be infinite because the Fibonacci spiral is going to be infinite because it's like a sequence that never ends. It goes on forever. So it's infinite just like the universe, but it's individual parts being um, the individual numbers within the sequence itself um, can stand to represent um, us and our parts. So um, there's num there's numbers below us in the sequence being like the cells in our body and the parts of the cells in our body and so on and so forth. But then there's parts above us which are the numbers past us in the sequence that are um, I don't know the uni the planet, the galaxy, the universe, the multiverse, God, um, and then is there something beyond God? Who knows? But the sequence is infinite, so I, I feel like that's a way for us to think about these number sequences in a more like metaphysical, spiritual way. But that still also sort of applies to us. I don't know. Yeah, thank you so much for that. And there's also very similar to the Fibonacci sequence. The Fibonacci is more, um, I would say, square-like. But there's also another sequence called the Padovan sequence, which is a little bit more triangle-like. And with the Padovan sequence, you would add the second and third numbers to its left but you ignore the one immediately before. So it would go something like one, 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 two, two, three, four, five, seven, and so on and so on. Again, it being infinite, just like the Fibonacci sequence. Oh, I just looked that up and that's a cool, that makes another really cool shape. And yeah, something about the number sequences being mapped into shapes really vibes with me. Yeah, and it's not just like visual, um, how you could, um, how you experience these sequences and ratios. You also hear them a lot of times in music, um, be it in time signatures and the scales being used yeah there's a sometimes i feel like it's accidental but sometimes it's very definitely intentional um using like fibonacci within um yeah the beats of the time signatures or whatever like i know there's like a i think it's like a tool song or something that like yeah. uses that which is like Lateralis. yeah yeah exactly um real yeah white trash facts hours but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah it, it's that made me think of something that was like what came first the Fibonacci spiral or the Fibonacci sequence sort of like what came first the chicken or the egg because if you think about it someone could a really good mathematician could probably see the shape and deduce the sequence from it but most of us aren't really good mathematicians so we sort of uh find the sequence of numbers and then draw the shape for it but 
again, that's just sort of goes to show you that math is just this really comp. I mean, it's not always complex, but in this case, it's kind of complex um, way of just describing what you see around you, which is really weird because some people would just be like, oh, yes, that's a spiral describes it in words, but it's math is its own language. It really is. And I love how Eleven brought up that we can literally hear math because going back to um, what 13 said with the golden ratio, if you apply it to math, um, or if you apply the golden ratio to music, you could... um, There's like in music theory where you multiply the length of a song by 0.618 and it's it like it's supposed to give you like the best part of the song and it's not just like it's like the golden ratio with it and also um going back to what Eleven was talking about it's beautiful how you could literally see ratios within music with like the perfect intervals such as like the octave being two um two and one and the perfect fifth being three of by two and the perfect fourth being four by three and it just you could see that like music itself is math and a lot of which you could see that Beethoven used when he was creating math since he was death he would literally use like these intervals to see the the ratio the ratios of the perfect intervals to create the music that he did um using this like the triplets in his music to create this beautiful sound that we hear it's literally math that we're hearing yes and if you look at a piano you can see it you can see that it's literally built into our music and um you see that there's a pattern to the keys and that pattern isn't accidental there's 12 keys in an octave within a piano which is 12 steps in that octave that builds itself up to the next octave and like the first first key on one octave is going to be the same note as the key 12 um 12 keys down from it which is the same note in a different octave so they're basically playing the same notes but on a different level pretty much dang this this conversation's like really having me like spiraling because i'm thinking about all of these like math things i've never thought before but something uh nine said earlier was the fact that you could hear numbers but that really got me thinking about how people say like if everything on earth was silent there would still be like a frequency playing if that makes sense there's still just like a natural frequency of existence um 
I think some people want to say that's like um or like certain sounds people want to say, but these things correlate to like a certain frequency and the frequency itself is like a number. So it's like we are hearing numbers all the time. It's like this sound wave that's has this number is like I'm just like going crazy in my mind like trying to like think about numbers now but um yeah man numbers <laughs> yeah and if, if you look at like the hertz um you could literally like it's literally measured in numbers like 440 hertz is a and what 11 was talking about you multiply that by two it gives you 880 hertz which would be the higher a on that keyboard Dang. yeah and how um that one sound is of the universe is a sine wave which is a perfect wave that oscillates between two points perfectly and it has a certain frequency that you can tune into yeah like i don't know the exact mathematics on that frequency but i want to say like there's probably like a lot of like magic to, like from a number standpoint and math standpoint to be found within that because i'm sure like i said that's that's sort of saying something like the length between the spaces of the hertz of the wave like there's just so much to unpack there if if you're a math person math art and music are all interwined just like everything on earth it's so pretty right i love that so i like I'm in art school, no big freaking surprise, but um, one of, like, they pretty much expect that we are too dumb or just too lazy to want to participate in an actual math class, um, which most people can't even get into this math class because it's very small and it's competitive or whatever, but they designed a math class just for art students. Um, so I took that last year but we took three classes and it's basically how math played into drawing. And it, there wasn't a lot of math to it. it, or at least it wasn't like that really painful math that we're used to in school. It was more sort of, sort of just like fun and insightful, but we worked a lot with like perspective and tessellations and patterns and symmetry. Um, and fractals and things like that, that you might not instantly like think of when you think of math, but are also things that are very like important about math that we can learn a lot from. Um, so I feel like that class really got me appreciating math, but that is something that, I don't know, most like creative people, like artists and musicians don't necessarily wanna admit that there's math at the core of everything, but it definitely is there. And it's like a tool that will only help you if you like recognize that it's there. 
Yeah, and you mentioned fractals, and that got me thinking about how reality is fractal. You kind of were getting onto that. Yeah, right that's now. a good point. I was trying to explain that earlier with my my like Fibonacci tangent without actually saying the the fractal thing. But I feel like the fractal analogy actually makes a little more sense in a sense that, well, if you're not familiar with what a fractal is. Fractal is just sort of like this trippy shape where if you like keep zooming in or zooming out on part of the shape, it sort of repeats the shape, but on the shape and then branching into the shape more, the shape is still there and the shape is still like, it's sort of, again, like I was explaining that the more you zoom in, um, things are still going to be the same. And the more you zoom out, things are going to be the same, which is kind of what I was saying about the universe. Um, Like you are you, but you are also the galaxy, the solar system, the stars, but you are also the cells and the atoms in your body. Um, But basically, yeah, reality is a fractal, but you can see this if you really begin to look at reality because the universe itself sort of looks like a lot like our body, the brain, like the nervous system, the sort of connections and things that are happening in our body. We see a lot of those shapes mirrored in the galaxy. And we see a lot of the structures, whether it's like the structures within our body, like the patterns we see in our skin or the patterns we see in plants and whatever, we see these patterns again, repeated in the universe or whatever. And these things are again, reflected below, reflected above. And that's sort of shows us that math is sort of this thing that is sort of playing at the the baseline of everything like it's a it's affecting everything and you can see that very clearly because of fractals because our our universe is just like a big giant fractal the universe is just this continuing sequence and each part of the sequence is just part of the fractal it's just a slightly altered part of the whole that simply mirrors a previous or prior part of the whole just in a slightly different way. I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah, the um I'm picking up what you're putting down. And if we look at this like fractal reality that we have that we're inhabiting right now and um we um we look into what's small so basically the smallest unit of measurement that we're aware of is called the Planck length so there's that Planck length and our universe is um broken up into these little Planck length size units. Um, But there's also Planck length of time, 
which is the smallest unit of time that we can measure. And that just shows how um, our reality is all like pixelated and stuff. Yeah, I, when I was learning about that, it really had me freaked out. And I, so I've explained this to y'all before, but I've always been convinced that the world looks pixelated to me. And I never thought it was just like my eyesight or whatever, or if I was just cuckoo in the head. But ever since I was little, I was convinced I could see the air move or something. Because if you, like I could see it right now. And it used to be something that would really bother me because I was just like not sure if I was supposed to be seeing it, but like I can tune it out most of the time. But now that I'm aware of it, I can see it. And I'm just like, whoa. But everything around me sort of looks like it has this clear overlay of like a static on it, sort of like a static TV screen, but I can still see everything fine. But it's just like sort of this peppery things are moving. And it took me like forever years of Googling to like figure out what this was, but apparently it's something that's called visual snow. And this is a little different than floaters because people get like floaters and stuff in their eyes, but this is a little different. Like I said, it's literally just like this static all the time and I could see it more so in the dark. But this seems kind of like a tangent, but when I heard the thing about the plank length and how the universe is pixelated, I had like an aha moment because I was like, I freaking knew the universe was pixelated because I could always see the pixels. That's what that is, it's the pixels. And I don't know if that's um, actually what it is. I'm probably just bonkers, but I don't know. That was sort of like satisfying to me because yeah, of course everything is pixelated. Like when you learn about atoms in school, you hear that like atoms don't even touch each other. They're just like so tiny and so close to each other. And they're just like hovering next to each other. And there's like this microscopic, like everything is just like hovering together in its shape, like magically. Like everything is just these tiny little pixels. So freaking duh, everything is pixelated. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um- I, I didn't know it was, like, real before you brought it up, but, like, yeah, I'm, like, having, like, an aha, like, what the fuck moment, um, because I'm, like, that's, that makes sense, because I see this shit all the time, and I, I can't turn it off, it's just always there. Yeah, and I talk to people who swear they do not see it, like, they do not know what I'm talking about. But some people, like y'all, I'm pretty sure most of you guys said you could see it because I've had this conversation with 9 and 11 before, but it's just like kind of kooky. And I know that's like a tangent, but also visual snow awareness. It's visual snow awareness day. (laughs) You you, um, brought up how atoms are um, not even, like they don't even touch. So like, solid objects like the state of being solid doesn't even exist as we think about it because of that 
because nothing is actually solid. It's just kind of like a tactile hologram that we experience in a way. Um, and um, that's sort of why the platonic solids are called platonic solids because they're basically these 3D shapes that we see um, that don't really exist in their true forms. You can have like a representation of them, like a cube. You can hold a cube in your hand. You can make a cube out of popsicle sticks or whatever, but it won't ever have like the true perfection that you see because um, of Plato's theory of forms which is um, there's a realm somewhere where perfect forms exist, but on our realm, we cannot experience those, but we are aware of them. Ooh, I like that one. That's kind of kooky, but it makes so much sense. Like a cube doesn't exist, but like it does. Like, because yeah, we've all seen like models of the shapes in our classroom or whatever. But if you think about it, yeah, I don't think that's like a truly like perfect cube or whatever. Like we're just emulating these shapes that are just like, I don't know. They're like this perfect mathematical idealized image that we have. Um, and we just like build everything and it's reality, but it never, never actually is um so the platonic solids are the tetrahedron the octahedron the hexahedron isosahedron and dodecahedron and it's each of the platonic solids are also correlated with the elements like tetrahedron pyramid is fire the octahedron eight sides is air hexahedron six sides is earth which is also um, the square isosahedron 20 faces which is water and dodecahedron 12 faces is aether That's really neat. Yes. Uh, I yeah. love how they all have all these correlations. Yeah, I'm totally digging this. Yeah, and all these platonic solids have all of these correlations. And they also correlate to the, themselves, but on different spatial dimensions. For example, like the tesseract, which is a pyramid. Um, correlates to its 2D form, which is just a triangle, and a cube is a square, so on and so forth for the other five um, platonic solids. And something that um, gets into like, theoretical like physics and mathematics is that there's also higher spatial dimensions that are theorized to exist. And in order for um, physicists and mathematicians to get an idea of what these might look like. So what they do is basically they take the cube and like the other shapes and they 
make 4D shapes out of them. And it's a really interesting process. I literally remember my art math teacher trying to show us this. Um, she, we like made them 3D and then she was like, all right, let's make it 4D. And it was like some weird thing with like trying to draw, put the ends together with the ends and like, but it's just like a shape that's like so hard for us to comprehend. Like we yeah. three D, but four D. We're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, because like we can only like represent four D shapes, um, but the like what we see is a three D representation of a four D object. Sort of like if you were a two D being, you lived on like a flat planet. That let's say you existed on a piece of paper, and someone touched you or like the area around you you would only see like the fingertip and um us on a level you could see everything inside of that 2d world and like let's say they had a box or whatever with something inside of it they wouldn't be able to see what's inside of it but we would be able to and we'd be able to interact with that so like a 4D or higher dimensional being would be able to like move through walls and like basically break our physics. And for them, it's basically they um, just see things differently because they're experiencing um, more dimensions in us. That's so kooky. But it just ties back into what I was saying about sequences and fractals and as above, so below. Because obviously, it's like somehow the, we turned the triangle into the tetrahedron into this weird fourth dimensional shape. So it's like, who's to say we can't make it a fifth dimensional shape? Who's to say we can't make it a sixth dimensional? Like, uh, the possibilities are really endless and the only thing that's stopping us is like our mathematical abilities and our abilities to again conceive because these things like some of this math is so complex that it just like is hard to to grapple with within the again like you said the laws of our physics Wow, you just reminded me about how you you brought in fractals into this, and that just reminded me about how um, the smallest particles that we're aware of um, that are what electrons and neutrons and so on are made out of, that those convert to each other. um, And whenever they convert to each other, they correspond to this eighth dimensional crystal that is called the E8 lattice. And um, whenever you um, project that eight dimensional crystal into a fourth dimensional projection, it becomes two objects. And then the ratio between the size of those two objects is the golden ratio. Damn. Dude, they really did that. 
my mind is blown. Also, that just gave me like this weird idea. Speaking of, um, like this isn't quite the platonic solids, but the shapes that were going through my mind were reminding me of crystals, which is something a little different, but crystals, if you think about it, are shapes and there's probably like some trace of like numbers within that like determining these shapes and again i don't i'm i don't know math i don't know rocks geology i don't know how these things form uh, but i'm sure it's like something to do with like how the minerals bond together and yada yada but it's just interesting to see these crystal patterns that form um and it sort of makes me think like people use crystals to heal themselves or whatever and what if that's because the crystalline structure within it is like determined by like a frequency or like a number sequence that's like sacred so like putting a crystal on you might like theoretically be the same effect of like listening to like a binaural beat or something because you're just like ingesting like the the physical vibration form from the rock instead of like listening to it from the literal sound wave and i don't know if that theorem makes sense but i was just like math crystals crystals math how do they get that way and that's how I'm, i just formed that theory just now so let me know what you think <laughs> you actually might be onto something with that because um we're not going to make any claims about like whether or not they can heal cancer obviously but um when, when you talk about the crystals formation what separates a crystal from just a regular like rock or like a piece of gravel is its structure how it's geometrically formed out of like these repeating patterns of like minerals that align themselves in a specific way and maybe that's what um influences them because frequencies are just patterns yeah it's like it's like almost like there's sacred geometry within that itself that you're sort of sending to yourself and again this is just a theorem i literally just concocted on the spot but honestly i'm kind of impressed with this and if you think about i mean this could just be common spiritual knowledge and i don't know but i trying to like i don't know the, the crystal healing thing has always seemed like a bit vague and metaphysical, but holding a crystal in my hand, I can feel it, you know? I, I know it's not just mumbo jumbo because I can feel it, but again, when hearing people talk about that, it does sound like mumbo jumbo, but that explanation like makes me seem like I'm not crazy when I'm holding my piece of selenite and feeling bliss, like <laughs> it's true. Yeah, and like, you just reminded me about how water be a crystal because um, if you look at it on a 2D level, just looking at the shape of the water, it's shaped like 
a Mickey Mouse head. Um, and when it freezes, turns to ice, that's its crystalline form. It joins up and makes like these hexagonal structures and water is pretty much the most like powerful crystal out there because it is life. True, that's a good point. Real crystal healing is just staying hydrated. Wow, I love this theory. Yeah, I'm 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 proud of this one. I'm gonna have to be like scientists study this. <laughs> And how um, snowflakes also with eyes. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I feel like we haven't studied snowflakes enough either. But they're all like unique little, little like crystallized little babies. And it's like, who's to say why they form that way? What if it's just like how that little air particle is feeling? It like, turns its vibes into like a little crystal or like it's like picking up on the waves from the universe and like forming this little crystal i don't know i don't know these things but it makes me kind of excited i just want to be a snowflake well i do know that water literally contains information and memory so that's also another thing to consider when when you say that, what if this particle was feeling this sort of way? What if like someone was having like bad energy around them and the particle decided to be a little bit more angry looking? Dang, these freaking particles, man. I don't know. Math is just like crazy, but I don't know. I feel like we've had we've had a lot of really good conversations about math today. Um, and I, yeah, I think we've sort of we, we set our goal earlier as sort of bringing the fun back into math, and I feel like we definitely did because we're having these really cool conversations. But a lot of these conversations are sort of like theoretical or out there, some may say. Um, but that sort of brings me to a point that um, has sort of been popular on social media lately. And it's because there's this TikTok going around. I think this could have been, I was gonna be like, oh, it was like a week ago, but it was probably like a couple of months ago. I'm on like quarantine time. But she was like, basically the TikTok was just her talking about is math real, like math is just made up essentially. Um, so a lot of people were having hot takes on that. And I feel like that was something I believed for a while because I was like, again, what is all this gibberish? But um, what is your guys' hot take on this? Is math real? So like on an intuitive level, you think that, yeah, like no, no sense, like duh, um, one plus one always equals one. And um, you, but once you get to like 
an actual like once you get to a philosophical level you have to think about like what is math based on like what who says what one is does oneness even exist in our reality is that something that we experience ever it's really interesting is i guess if you if you want to say that math exists like what like the numbers actually do hmm i just had a weird thought numbers aren't tangible thing like numbers aren't nouns they're adjectives so they're more so i'm <clears throat> sorry they're more so describing something and it's quantity so it's not like there is a one there is a two there is a three like y- you don't like walk down the street and you're like oh yeah that's a, that's a three over there like that's a solid three um i mean you do if you're looking at someone ugly but like uh, you're pointing like the object itself does not exist like there is not a three of the thing but however we can be like oh well, I have two marbles, and if I add one more marble, that's three marbles. But if you think about it, we're not talking about three, we're talking about the marbles. So I'm gonna say that math is real, but it's a made up thing just like language. So people wanna say that language might not be real, but it's it's obviously a thing, it's a real thing. We use it, we invented it, we use it to communicate, just like we use math and numbers, we use it to communicate. It's just in a different way. So yeah, it's very much a human construct because if there's like, if, if we weren't here to do math, then no one would be doing math because we have to do math for math to exist. But the things that we're talking about that have these aspects of math, they're always going to exist. That's just us describing it and tying that back into language. Like a cat is always going to exist whether or not we have the word cat, you know? Yeah, I would say that math is measurement of patterns, while time is measurement of a point in existence. That's another thing that we could debate whether time is real or not, just like math. But that is for another episode. Yeah, and adding to that how math is basically just a language that we use to describe the universe. We see how math describes this universe that we've already talked about, how it's basically all pixelated and it's all made out of information. And so if the universe is made out of information, then it's only logical that in order for something to exist, it has to be observed. That's like a law of physics that physicists have already um, determined. It's something that's like new. And so there has to be, there has to be some sort of 
being that observes and perceives this information. That means that something is out there observing us and observing the universe. And that is the mother eye. Wow, the mother eye is zero. And if you turn a zero on its side, it looks like a little eye. (laughs) And if you put a zero inside that zero, it's the pupil of the eye. And if you put another zero inside of that zero, it's the iris of the pupil, it's fractals. (laughs) Now that we know our three, six, nines, we can determine that this episode isn't ending because numbers are infinite. Join us in the next episode where we will be putting our spooky socks and discussing monsters. Now, time for intentions. So my intentions would be to find out a little bit more on the pattern within math and music because I think I still haven't really fully delved into the math within music and I would like to learn more about it and how nine tides ties into music. Yeah, I think my intention is probably to, I don't know, send send some love towards math. I used to be a big math hater, and I feel like a combination of knowing nine and this episode nine has helped me work through my um, math trauma. And I feel like, I don't know, I've just really enjoyed this subject and talking about it, and I would like to delve further into this. Um, I mean, I'm not talking about I'm going to start doing long division and stuff like that, but more researching about these patterns and sacred geometry, because I feel like we have a decent understanding, but it's still very much the surface level because you can really get super deep on a lot of this stuff. So I, I just want to, um, I don't know, open myself up to that more and be accepting of um, bringing more math into my life, whether that's spiritually or in my art, because there's, there's room for math everywhere. This episode has really been a really great sort of shadow working of my shadow when it comes to math. And I'm really glad that we did this subject. And I want to thank number nine for um, opening us up to this and exploring this topic. And um, I intend to continue looking into the secrets of our universe and see how we could use math to unlock those. And I'm going to continue developing my theorems. My, I guess my intention is to be more understanding of it, even though I don't like it. 
This has been our ninth episode. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at number three, S-T-E-Y-E. That's at Thirsty. You can also find us on TikTok at three, S-T-E-Y-E, podcast. That's Thirsty Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts.